1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Lee Griffiths signs a contract extension with Celtic as they bring in a new defender. Rangers youngster Josh McPake has also signed a new deal and he'll head out on loan. And Kilmarnock have named their new club captain. I'm Andrew McLean. Joining me in the studio tonight is Roger Hanna. Yeah, 1st of July, Andrew. Still two months of this transfer window to go, but things beginning to hot up. A new face at Celtic Park with Sazi Oragiri and an old face coming back to Celtic Park in Lee Griffiths. It's uh, all beginning to crank up for Ange Postacoglu Yeah, lots to talk about tonight To make sure to get in touch 0141-951-1025 We'd love to hear from you on the phone Or you can send us a tweet At Clyde SSB A couple of big talking points Coming out of Celtic today I'm sure a few of you out there Have an opinion on these Celtic first of all announcing That Lee Griffiths has signed A one year extension To his Celtic contract His previous deal expired last night There was a lot of debate on the show Last night whether he should be offered a contract extension or not but that question has been answered today a one year deal Ange Postacoglu's first real significant piece of business since taking over at the club so make sure to get in touch 0141-951-1025 Roger did that news come as a surprise to you today is it a move that makes sense for Celtic? Um, it did actually come as a surprise I have to say um, I think the devil will be in the detail Andrew I would imagine the terms of Lee Griffith's 12-month deal will not be as lucrative as the terms of Lee Griffith's previous deal with a football club. That said, what were Lee Griffith's options? Could he have gone to a Hibs? Could he have gone to an Aberdeen? If he had, you know, would he have got even the money that he's now getting at Celtic? So it's very much a last-chance saloon now for Lee Griffiths. Um, he has, in the past few years, had... Warnings from Ronnie Dyla, Brendan Rodgers, Neil Lennon He's also had praise from Ronnie Dyla, Brendan Rodgers and Neil Lennon um, He divides the Celtic support As you probably heard in the show last night when you were on Yep. Um, so it's now down to Lee Griffiths If he performs the way he did three or four years ago Then he could maybe get another contract after this If he performs the way he did last summer then he'll be out of Celtic by the end of this deal, if not before. Because Lee Griffiths had said, I think it was last week at one point, he'd gone on record to say that he'd held talks with Ange Postacoglu about the possibility of a new deal. Ange Postacoglu was asked about Lee Griffiths on Friday at his media conference and he wasn't really clear either way. He said, we've held discussions and a lot of what he said about Lee Griffiths was, well, you know, I need players to buy into what I'm going to do. Yeah. And... At this point we must just assume that the, the talks were positive Lee Griffiths said what Ange Postacoglu wanted to hear And is committed to, you know, trying to get back to his best for Celtic Yeah, but I was actually more taken by the quotes from Ange Postacoglu today that Coming out saying he has outlined his expectations to Lee Griffiths So I would advise Lee Griffiths to adhere to those expectations um, It's not many days ago Neil Lennon outlined exactly where it had all gone wrong this time last year for Lee Griffiths, I don't think if his career is to go on, and listen, he's only 30 years of age, he could conceivably have quite a few years left at good level in football. But to do that, he's going to have to knuckle down and do what's asked of him by the new Celtic manager. 01419511025 is the number you need. Alec is first up in Parkhead. Alec, are you happy that Lee Griffiths is back for another season? Hi, how you doing, Andrew? How you doing, Gordon? Hi there. Hi, uh, definitely. Uh, I'm a Lee Griffiths fan. Uh, obviously, the guys had a few issues, as we know. But 
we know that he's a goal scorer. Uh, could we have brought in somebody, you know, for that kind of money? If it's say, you know, a million pound on the kind of money that leaves on. Uh, I think that, you know, by all accounts he's knuckled down pre season, uh, getting himself fit. He could be the number one striker because if Eddie doesn't go this year, this 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 one day and if he and if he plays the way he played last year, you know, we're not gonna have much hope. Well we will sign another striker. But Lee Griffiths can, you know, have this by both hands and, and show everybody what he's capable of doing. Roger, we know that Celtic are, are desperate for players They need to bring in players And the fact that Odson Edwards' future is up in the air Patrick Lamalla has left the club Albion Ayeti, aside from those two is, is really the only senior striker that Celtic had on their books yeah, Come I'm, midnight last I'm, night Was was it a sort I'm, of easy option for Celtic there To think, you know what, Lee Griffiths is there It makes sense to sign him on another deal Well I think the circumstances certainly played into Lee Griffiths' hands The fact that Albion Ayeti and Odson Edward, there's only two strikers in the building. Um, this Midland Champions League qualifier is less than three weeks away now, Andrew. And if you're bringing in signings, now the lads for Sheffield Wednesday will, will come up the road, that's fine. If you're bringing in signings from overseas, these guys are not going to need to come in, they're going to need to self-isolate, they're not going to get much time between now and that Midland first leg to work with the new teammates, to work with Ange Postacoglu. So... It makes sense to get Griffiths in Listen, Alex's opening line there was He's a Lee Griffiths fan I think at some stage over the years Everyone's been a Lee Griffiths fan Whether it's in Celtic colours, Scotland colours But, you know, he talks about being a great goal scorer I think he's averaged less than 10 goals a season for the last four years That's not great for a Celtic centre forward Flip side of that is he's in the top 20 of all time Celtic scorers But the vast, vast majority of them were a long time ago And for me... He's starting a new chapter in his Celtic career today and he's got a lot to prove to Ange Postacoglu and a lot to prove to Alec and the Celtic supporters. Alec, you've said that you think Lee Griffiths is capable of going on to be you know, Celtic's number one striker next season. Do you think that is a realistic possibility? Sorry, sorry, Roger. I'm calling you Gordon there. Sorry, oh, mate. Alec, don't, <laughs> Alec, don't worry. I've been called a lot worse. Ma- mainly by Gordon. <laughs> uh, well, if it, last year, you know, I don't think that he got the run of games that he should have got, you know what I mean? Uh, but I mean, we, we we know that the reason behind the run of games, Neil Lennon was was pretty clear about it a few times in the, the press, wasn't he, Roger? At the start of last season, he was very scathing about Lee Griffiths when they came back from well, the lockdown yeah, about and, his fitness. And, and listen, we discussed that a couple of weeks ago in the show about what Neil Lennon said. The most salient point, Neil Lennon said, it wasn't just him that didn't pick Lee Griffiths. You know, Steve Clark didn't pick Lee Griffiths. John Kennedy didn't pick Lee Griffiths. So it's not just a sort of Neil Lennon taking against Lee Griffiths. They've all seen him. They've all seen the levels he was hitting last season, the numbers he was hitting, and decided they had better options to pick for Celtic and for Scotland. So the ability is there. He's 30 years of age. He can have a few more really fantastic seasons ahead of him. The ability is there. It's just a question of whether the attitude's there. And there's only one person that can bring an improved attitude to the table. Roger, see, see, we're talking. You know, I, I know I'm a, a lovely Newland as well, but see if the guy wasn't fit. Why did we have him on the bench? Because as, as Celtic support, obviously we won him in the stadium last year. But watching it on the telly, you know, you see Celtic struggling. You've got Lee Griffiths there on the bench. You know, like, why is the guy not coming on? If he wasn't fit, why was he anywhere near the, 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 the first? Because there must have been other first team. Again, I, I, I think it was circumstances, Alec, because Celtic. 
were enduring such a, a tough, torrid season last season. They were really just searching for the majority of the season. They were just searching for any answers to the problems. And if you've got a guy who, in the past, has scored so many goals, which he got to one hundred and twenty-three, I think, for the club over the years, there's bound to be a temptation. Just to have him on the bench Just in a kind of Oh I wonder if he's ready to do something for us There's a difference in playing 90 minutes every single week And being you know being fit to play 20-15 minutes if you're needed to And Lee Griffiths did make an impact when he played those minutes I think I, I said it on the show last night I think it was about 755 minutes he played in the Premiership last season Which equates to about 8.490 minutes And he scored 6 goals So when he was on the pitch He was contributing he was scoring goals But the problem was that Celtic couldn't get him on the pitch enough To do that on a more regular basis And it's going to be interesting to see How the whole thing evolves Through this summer Because Ochen Edward back training yesterday You saw the pictures of him leading the running At, at Lennoxtown yesterday But how long is Ochen Edward going to be at the club? Is he going to be there all season? And you know, leaving a free at the end, end of the season? Or is he going to be sold before the end of next month? If he's sold... Is Lee Griffiths then the number one striker or does Ange Postacoglu look to bring someone else in as well? It's really going to be interesting to see. And Albina Yeti, really poor debut season, but it was a poor season for everyone at Celtic last season. Is there more to come from a Yeti this year? Alec, a new signing through the door as well today. Osazi Oragide signing from Sheffield Wednesday, 20-year-old defender. Are you happy that, that there's some business getting done as well? Yeah, well, I was checking the the Celtic pages today, and and it was just saying that you know it was possibility point, and then the next thing I just checked before I come on the show that the boy had actually signed. Now he he's a right back, and he can play centre half. I think it's possibly the other way about. I think he's more of a centre back who can who can play right back as well. Right. Well, Leeds Leeds were wanting him. There were a few other teams wanting him. So for Celtic to get him up the road, you know, for a couple of hundred thousand uh, development fee, uh, can the guy start? Is it, is it, well, I would assume that he's, he's going to be. He needs to be a first team player because this, as I said before in the show, this isn't a season for projects. So if this boy's coming up. He's coming up to challenge to play in the first eleven. Uh, so that's what excites me most about this season. Usually, Celtic will get a couple of projects here and there, and you'll uh, oh here we go again. But this season, whether we sign five, six, seven players, it's going to need to be five, six, seven players who are going right into the first team. No projects for two or three years down the line. That's for another day We need to hear in the now I, I actually agree with that Alec And I, I know in the past and, and listen Celtic have done it Other clubs have done it um, These guys need to, to be able to play Liam Shaw as well Who's also come up from Sheffield Wednesday I was likening them to The two lads that Rangers took From Bournemouth Jack Simpson and, and Namdi Offerbor. Um, Jack Simpson came in January Offerbor's just arrived this week I think or last week And Jack Simpson showed He was able to go And I think he played in the derby against Celtic before the end of last season He clearly is capable When asked of going into the first team I think now Oragiri and Shaw Need to show they're capable Of going into the Celtic first team And making an impact because As you say, I don't think this is a season For passengers at Celtic Park Well thank you to Alec 01419511025 If you want to get in touch Ross is a Celtic fan in Pollock Up next, Ross, what do you make of Lee Griffiths Signing a new extension to his contract? Uh, well, first of all, hi, hi Roger, um, hi Andrew, how you doing? Hope you're well. Oh, good, thanks. Um, I just feel like we're going back down um, the same road as last season. I just felt like the Ange Postecoglou 
scenario he got the job that was fine I took that on board bought into that but I just feel like offering Lee Griffiths a contract today is just as basically papering over the cracks I don't think he should even be it Parkhead I don't I think his bridges were burnt last year when he came back unfit um, but for me I think we've missed out on an opportunity in Kevin Nisbet I think Kevin Nisbet could have came in and maybe done a job for Celtic um, and I think by signing Lee Griffiths that basically just tells me today that we're not going to bother looking elsewhere we're just going to settle with Griffiths and that's the way it's going to be Well you think Roger that Celtic would still need to bring in another forward if there's Griffiths and a Yeti there Odson Edward who may or may not be at Celtic come the end of the transfer window but even at that, would you not think Celtic would still need to go into the market for another striker? And, you know, as Ross says, Kevin Nisbet could possibly be someone they look at? Yeah, yeah, I would think so. Um, actually, I was quite impressed with the way Ange Postacoglu spoke on Friday. Um, he wasn't quite thumping his fist to the desk and promising to win the treble. He was just telling it as it is, really. And he seemed quite honest, and I think he appreciates the magnitude of the task that faces him. Um, I don't think he's going to rush in to... You know, doing things on a whim. I think he's going to look at what he's got already and prioritise what he needs to to you know do going forward. And a lot of those priorities will probably, you know, they'll become obvious if, for instance, Christopher Ayer goes, they'll need to sign a centre half. Odson Edward goes, they will need to sign a centre forward, be it Kevin Nisbet as Ross says or whoever. You know, Ryan Christie goes, they'll need to be an attacking midfielder. You know, coming in to replace him. So. I would imagine that these guys will be gone by the end of August. I wouldn't imagine they'd be gone by the time Mitterland comes up in the Champions League because Celtic really still need them all. Um, but it's going to be a fascinating couple of months, a really, really interesting couple of months for all the Celtic fans. Ross, you say that you know the, the re-signing of Griffiths is, feels like a bit of a step backwards, but is there any optimism that with Ange Postacoglu coming in that you know with the signings that Celtic need to make that... He's just the start of something He's maybe just the base of Ange Postacoglu Saying right You know what He's proven that he can do it At Celtic before We'll maybe bring him in Re-sign him And then that gives us time To look elsewhere um, Yeah of course Andrew like, Obviously like, I, I think obviously Ange Postacoglu Coming in Is a new face It's a new manager It's a new start um, And I'm, I'm quite excited For that side, side of things um, but I just was under the impression that when he got the job, he was going to come in and stamp his own authority. And I think we have given Griffiths the contract. As a case of, I get he's given him a chance. Okay, that's fine. But I just feel like Griffiths has burnt his bridges with a, with a lot of Celtic fans, and I don't think a lot of Celtic fans will buy into Griffiths this year. I don't. I don't. I don't think they will. Um, I just feel like it was a case of it's a rebuilding job this year. Let's go out and get some fresh faces. Let's get let's get new bodies in the door and let's let's move forward. Like the boy we've just signed for Sheffield Wednesday. Don't really know a lot about the boy, but as I say, he seems positive in terms of um, and I've looked him up and things. So again, I'm, I'm willing to give him a chance, but I just feel I don't I don't I, me personally I don't think Griffiths will get to the heights that I've seen under Brendan Rodgers. I don't think he'll ever get back to that level again. I think it's going to be difficult for him to do that, Ross. I, I do agree, but as we said at the top of the show, that this deal for Lee Griffiths, I think the devil's in the detail. You know, Lee Griffiths was highly paid. Thinking his last contract from Brendan Rodgers, a real reward for the goals he scored, for the success, and for helping win trophies for Celtic. Um, those days are long in the past. I think the deal he's got today, I think, will be significantly downsized from previous deals, and. It will be a case of you either toe the line with Ange Postacoglu or you're back out again. 
Is that how to deal with Lee Griffiths, do you think, is a sort of incentivised deal? If he's a player that previous managers have maybe not managed to get the best out of, we've heard managers come out and, and criticise his fitness or his attitude at times. Well, if Ange Postacoglu sat down and thought, right, what what is the, the way that I can get the best out of this player? Because we know he's capable of scoring goals at this level. How do I get him back to that? I don't think there's a proven way of getting the best out of Lee Griffiths because plenty of managers have tried in the past. Um, very good, as you said, under Brendan Rodgers for a while. Terrific if you remember Before the first lockdown When he was playing Celtic were playing the 3-5-2 He was up front With Odds and Edward And he looked as good For a very short spell Of about two months Looked as good as he'd looked In years Andrew um, And then Just when you think Everything's going well For him again We have the problems At the start of pre-season Last year And he's never really Recovered from that Lost his place In the Celtic team Lost his place In the Scotland team As I was saying earlier on I, I, if you go into Google, you can find warm praise for Lee Griffiths from a succession of Celtic managers. And equally, you can find quite damning words on Lee Griffiths from a succession of Celtic managers. So this is the player that Ange Postecoglou has inherited. Um, whether he's inherited a problem or whether he's inherited a, a virtue, if you like, only Lee Griffiths will be able to tell us. Ross, so that's Lee Griffiths signing a new deal Osazi Origide through the door as well What do you think is the next priority for Celtic ahead of that Mitchelland game? Um, I think the fact that we've lost Brown this year um, I think another centre midfield um, would kind of make me feel comfortable um, Don't get me wrong, I'm happy with McGregor and Tumble um, and I think the fact that we've got Ange Postacoglu, I think he can maybe kick on Tom Rogic. So hopefully Tom Rogic can get back in. But I, I do think that we need maybe a midfielder. Somebody to come in and kind of steady the ship like Brown did. Um, where we get that midfielder, I don't know. But I think a midfielder is probably key, what we need. I don't know if it's just me, Roger. I was slightly surprised at that answer, just given that you look at other areas of, of the Celtic team, the full-back areas, the, the centre-back area. When you look at the, the centre of the park, you know, there is Turnbull, there is McGregor, there is Sorrow, who impressed at times and flashes yeah, yeah. last season. Um, can I say goalkeeper? <laughs> yes. You know, I, d- I didn't really fancy any of the three that, that took turns last season. I think Celtic could do with a goalkeeper. Um, they could certainly do with a centre half if Christopher Ayer's leaving. Christopher Julian's not fit yet. Stephen Welsh, an awful lot was putting young Stephen Welsh's shoulders last season. And he coped, you know, manfully with it all. But I, I don't expect Stephen Welsh to be asked to go and play fifty-five games for Celtic in the, in the incoming season. Um, right back, maybe Asazi Origiri is going to be the Celtic right back. We, we don't know. Tony Ralston got a twelve-month deal as well, so maybe for me a right back. I think competition at left back for Greg Taylor as well and all managers like to sign a striker. Every single manager who's ever stood in a dugout always likes to sign his own striker. So I, I appreciate the point Ross is making but if you've got a midfield makeup at the minute with Soro and McGregor and Turnbull and Rogic and Christie and remember Neil Beaton's in there as well still and for me he's a midfielder not a centre-half um, I think there are other areas that Ange Postecoglou may prioritise Well thank you to Ross 01419511025 Give us a call and we could be speaking to you after this You are the voice of Scottish football Call 01419511025 Clyde One Super Scoreboard Roger Hanna here with me Andrew McLean in the second part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard you can give us a call on 01419511025 or you can send us a tweet at Clyde SSB that's what Kev 
has done He says uh, on Lee Griffiths Signing a new deal He says delighted with this I genuinely believe Lee Griffiths Has still a lot of goals in him He's shown time and time again The quality he has And in my opinion He was treated unfairly By Neil Lennon 01419511025 If you've got any thoughts Another piece of news uh, coming out today Rangers youngster Josh McPake Has signed a contract extension At the club He sealed a loan move To Morecambe as well Where he'll link up with Former Motherwell boss Stephen Robinson In League 1 After testing himself In League 2 With Harrogate Town Last season He's also had loan spells At, at Morton and Dundee It's been pretty quiet In the, the incomings From a Rangers perspective Roger But simply it's because Rangers just don't have As much to do as, as Celtic no, do No and they, they've done a lot Of their work early on You know we mentioned We were talking about The two Sheffield Wednesday lads Who have arrived at Celtic you need to remember, you know, Rangers did Jack Simpson and Nam Offerbore in January. Um, they brought in Scott Wright in January. And when those three deals were done, they were really all due to come in in the summer. You know, to, obviously, two of them are fast-tracked at the end of January, but the plan was for the, those three players to come in in the summer. They've added Fashion Sakala from Ostend to play with Jack Henry in the Belgian top league last season. So that is effectively four signings already <laughs> coming in. And on top of that... You look at the way a lot of Stephen Gerrard's title-winning team have been rewarded with contract extensions. I think, you know, from Alan McGregor through James Tavernier, Stephen Davis, however many others, have all got new deals as well. So they did their business early. They're back for pre-season now. And they, they will feel, you know, a confidence that they can go and emulate what they did last season. This is obviously a move to try and, you know, develop a youngster, get him some game time at the next level, but also a move that will... See Rangers sort of streamlining their squad ahead of the new season Is that something that they'll need to do in a couple of positions as well Centre-back is certainly one that, that you look at And Rangers have I think six senior options With Edmondson yeah, coming back from yeah. loan Katic coming back from injury And Stephen Gerrard said at the tail end of last season That he had six and he wouldn't want six for the start of the season So I would imagine George Edmondson might be the first back out the door Whether it's a sale or another loan deal um, he seemed to do okay at Derby in the second half of last season Certainly enough to get a few English clubs looking at him again The sort of championship, League One level But jo- Josh McPake's an interesting one Because he seems to have done quite well wherever he's been Got to Wembley with Harrogate I think last season And it's good now having sampled life in League Two in England He's now going up a level into League One in England With a manager who knows him well And Stephen Robinson formerly of Motherwell um, and it'll be, it'll be interesting to see how he does there Because it's a new level for Morecambe as well So it will be a, a, a lot of tough games here Against a lot of good teams 01419511025 If you've got anything on your mind Sean is a Rangers fan up next Sean, what do you want to talk about tonight? Hi there guys Hopefully your families are keeping well from COVID-19 so Thank you Sean sure, Sean, you too I'd like to say that Because the figures are getting a bit out of control again So as long as everybody's safe That's what I'm happy about um, My question is I don't think it's realistic right But I was listening I was on Talksport earlier Yeah I'll call it your sister channel right And what they were saying is like Tavernier's been linked with Brighton, Arsenal and Manchester United guys It's just to see your opinion on it I think it's mostly paper talk But it's Roger knows his stuff And it's just to see what you think about it I think it's ha- realistic Especially Brighton could be a chance But Man United and Arsenal I don't think it's re- um, realistic But do you think on it please? I don't like the way you were deriding paper talk there Sean <laughs> the, the talk of the papers is very accurate from time to time But um, listen to Joking aside James Tavernier's done very well James Tavernier was Footballer of the year For some people Last season Done a terrifically good job For Rangers um, Got a new deal At Rangers um, It'll be interesting to see 
the level of interest in him from down south. Um, if you look at Gareth Southgate, he's got right, right backs coming out his ears, and most of the big teams down there have got high quality English right backs. If you look at Alexander Arnold at Liverpool, Juan Bissaka at Man United, uh, James at Chelsea, uh, all very, very good players. Um, even at Brighton that you mentioned there, Sean, you know, the, the lad Lamptey did terrifically well there for them last season. So it would be interesting to see if there's a level of interest there. And it would also be interesting to see if James Tavernier would be interested in going because he seems to have carved a very good niche for himself up at Rangers. Um, he has got through what you would maybe say were the difficult times at Rangers. And last season, everything went well from he is at the best point of his career so far and he might want to hang around and lead Rangers into Champions League group football if they can get there this season. And whatever happens this summer with James Tavernier, Roger, Rangers have already made their move. They signed yeah. him up on a new long-term deal so they've either gotten for the next few years or they've protected an asset and, to the point where they can ask for I, a lot of money. Exactly. And listen, Sean and the other Rangers fans could, could perfectly entitled to say why not sell him for a sum that you're agreeable with as you say Andrew because Nathan Patterson's coming through as well and look how good he looked when Tavernier was out the team after that injury in the Europa League game in Belgium how well Patterson's done to the extent he was playing for Scotland at the Euros at the end of the summer Sean if James Tavernier does stay at Rangers Roger's obviously talking about Nathan Patterson there how do you see the two of them working together next season? Well see boys I think Nathan Patterson's probably Scotland's best right back then or two left backs is Kearney and Andrew Roll. I think in defence we are I think we're better in England when it comes to right backs and left backs but unfortunately up front we're lacking a wee bit but uh, to be honest I wouldn't mind uh, Parson but I would still like to have him at the save but see if the money's coming around I'd, to be honest I've never seen a price with the papers in that series of day and with the top sport in that series of day but if the price comes around 15 million for a 29 year old it's certain Rangers when it it's, I, wouldn't, I still wouldn't like to go But Rangers would need to take it serious Because when you get to 30 plus You're not going to get the 10, 15 million It's got to be 3, 4 million So to And, and you, you listen to, to the Rangers board From time to time as well Sean they're, they're quite open In the fact that They probably will need to sell a player You know the, the Rangers board have, have given Stephen Gerrard a lot of money to spend um, He built a squad last season That won the league They progressed well in Europe again but eventually, you know, all, all clubs need to sell eventually, you know, to, to fund the next batch of incoming transfers, if you like. So I think Rangers will still sell one player in this window. Whether it's Tavernier, I'm not so sure. I think maybe the next one out the door might be, for argument's sake, a Morelos or a Kamara or someone like that. And then that gives Stephen Gerrard more money again to go and look at, at adding once more. Do you want to come back yeah, in, Sean? Yeah, definitely. But I like, I've seen, um, Roger, I don't know if it was your paper or the record. I've seen um, in one of the newspapers today, because uh, I read two or three papers, so I can't keep up with one. But uh, I'll say, ever yeah, when you're up for Roger, I'll say it's the best one, right, Paul? Uh, but I've <laughs> you're seen, quite um, right, the Scottish Sun. Right, Scottish Sun, that's the best one then, right? Um, I've seen today, I know, Rangers made um, an extra £1 million on Bally Dalmore because they yes. played over 30 games. That's I think right. that's fantastic news. Well, listen, it was our paper this morning It was one of my colleagues, Derek McGregor's story In the back page this morning And it just shows the wisdom of the deal that was done Four years ago when Billy Gilmore Who was still only just turned 16 years of age 
when the deal was done to take him to Chelsea. I, I remember phone calls at the time in this show. Rangers fans unhappy. They felt Rangers had missed a trick. They hadn't put him in the first team at 16. They were only going to get this half million pound fee for him at the time, and it was a lost opportunity. But now, when you know, you fast forward. Another million pounds coming in The more add-ons potentially to come He's hit 20 first team games for Chelsea He's made his Scotland debut So, you know, g- given the fact that Basically Billy Gilmore was going to leave the club anyway Maybe the deal that was struck by Rangers Does look an awful lot better now Definitely, that boy's gone places It's like Frank Lampard says Unfortunately the guy lost his job Frank Lampard says it can be, it can be the as good as he wants and um, he can be up there as one of the best players in the world. I think, I think he's got a same as Tierney. I think Tierney's, I think Tierney's actually a better left-back than Robertson but it's good times now we're starting to get players that can actually be up there as world-class and I think but hopefully that continues but I, we really need a striker and I think uh, out of Scotland I think the only striker decent is Nismet. Listen, you, you make a good point because you know for all the Understandable disappointment of Scotland finishing bottom of their group at the Euros and going out. I think the way the squad's evolving, this Scotland squad's only going to get better because Gilmer, you mentioned, Tierney, you mentioned, Patterson, we've spoken about in the show, McTominay, people like that, even Andy Robertson. They're still at the early stages of their international careers. They're going to get more experience, they're going to win more caps, they're going to get older, they'll benefit from experience at the Euros. The one issue we have, we used to complain, we, you know, we couldn't defend, we didn't have enough defenders. Now the problem is, you wonder where the goals are going to come from going forward. Is it going to be Che Adams? Is it going to be Kevin Nisbet? And, and the guy we talked about at the top of the show, if Lee Griffiths can do it for Celtic, he'll be fast-tracked back into that Scotland squad. And on Billy Gilmore, Roger, it looks as if next season will be huge for his development. looks as if he's heading on loan to Norwich. That'll be a, a massive season where it looks as if he'll get regular game that's time in the needs. Premier League. Yeah, that's what he needs. He needs football. He's now 20. You know, we, speak, we spoke about him leaving Rangers at 16. He's now 20. He needs to go in and play 50 games. He needs to go and play 35, 38 games in the English Premier League into all those cup competitions with Norwich. And he needs to go in and really get the experience of playing twice a week Against the elite teams in England, Sean. Yeah, I, I, I agree with Roger. But it's um, Roger and yourself. Do you know what? But see, to be honest, right, I'm not going to lie. Right, see, years ago watching Scotland, I kind of like I, I, I was born in the 90s, right. But see, after like 2000, to set up to about 2010, I kind of didn't take international views. But see, now I'm starting to get the buzz back. I'm starting to go. Oh, I want to watch Scotland. I'm not going to lie to you for a few seasons when Scotland were playing. I was like, oh, I've got the problem, I'm not interested. But now I'm starting to get international buzz back. And it's, it's good because you want you want your internationals to do well. You want Scotland to be up there and all that. And think we're starting to qualify for stuff. We just need to get through the next stage. And I actually think, see if we, bet, see if we won that first game against Czech Republic, we, we ran England off the park, we just couldn't score. I always think Scotland would have went forward. And the way half the big teams are, like Germany and all that suit, this could have been a year, but unfortunately we buggered it up in the first game. But credit to Scotland, we're going places, but we just need to start scoring. Well, uh, listen, who would have thought Scotland would have been in the group of death? You look at the tournament now, the Czechs are still in, in it, England are still in it. 
Croatia, what a game that was against Spain in, in Monday evening, 5-3 after extra time. They, they almost put Spain out, you know, that terrific comeback at the end of the 90 minutes. It looks as if we had the misfortune of being drawn in the toughest of the six sections in the tournament, Sean. Well, thank you to Sean. 01419511025 if you want to get involved. Another uh, Rangers point I was going to touch on because, you know, Sean was talking about James Tavernier there, his new contract at the end of the last season, McGregor. Signed one as well Davis signed one as well A player that hasn't signed a new deal yet Only has one year left in his contract Connor Goldson Do you think that'll be really high up on Rangers priority list Getting him tied up? Yeah I think it will Because you spoke about the six centre halves Of the six centre halves Connor Goldson is Out on his own Is the most important Stephen Gerrard would tell you that himself He Rarely Barely missed a minute Last season of action um, It was Goldson and Helander Or Goldson And uh, Simpson at the end of the season Or Goldson and Balligan But it was always Goldson first And hugely improved player From the player who first came in at Rangers um, I think he liked Tavernier Really enjoying his time up here Really enjoyed last season get, you know, Getting their hands on a title After so long Showing they could do it At a really really top level And not only do I think As you say Is it a priority for Rangers I think it'll be a priority for Conor Goldson. I could see him extending his stay at the club. 01419511025. Give us a call and you could be up next. 01419511025. This is Scottish football's league leader, Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Roger Hanna here with me, Andrew McLean, in the final part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. I noticed you were yawning when you came into the, the office earlier on, Roger. I'm guessing you must have spent your, your night last night watching Andy Murray like I did. <laughs> Yes, um, this is um, yeah, it's an ongoing. Um, it happens every year at Wimbledon. Andy Murray keeps all the newspapers and all the TV channels and all the radio channels up late as we wait to see whether he wins or, or loses. And he, he, listen, he seemed to finish stronger than he started last night against uh, the young German Otto. So um, up against the tenth seed, I think tomorrow night, and it's going to be a a real quandary now. The two televisions set up because there's two. Euro 2000 quarter finals tomorrow on one channel and Andy Murray against Shapovalov on the other channel. It really showed the sort of beauty of crowds, didn't it? The way the crowd cheered them on. You know, he, he talked about it after the match, just yeah. how important they were. Yeah, and listen, Andy Murray's important to Wimbledon, but I think the Wimbledon crowd is important to Andy Murray. He hadn't played a game there for three years for various reasons and I think he was just desperate to get in to win a couple of games and just see how far he can get in this competition and how far the crowd can help take him in the competition. 01419511025 if you've got any thoughts on football, we'd like to hear them. Uh, John is next up, a Celtic fan in Old Kilpatrick. What's on your mind tonight, John? It's just about the wee Griffiths. Uh, I'm a big wee Griffiths fan and everybody's been going on about how unfit he is. I grew up in the era with... Uh, Bobby Murdoch, Jimmy Johnson. But Bobby Murdoch was the, one of the finest Celtic players there ever was. And yet he came back, he was unfit. We keep hearing this, he's unfit in training. But when he's on, uh, as far as I was concerned, any time Lee Griffiths played for Celtic last season, uh, he did the job. What about Edward and the other ones who were fit? But the rest of the team... Who were supposed to be fit that good Than Lee Griffiths Yeah listen I think John football's probably moved on I'm sure you talk about Bobby Murdoch And players like that You know when Jock Steen and Sean Fallon were there 
nobody had sports scientists or nutritionalists or GPS systems or you know tracking all their their, their dietary needs and their, their new uh, you know their hydration levels and things like that. Football has moved on, and I think you know when Lee Griffiths reported back last summer, as Neil Lennon said, a stone overweight. He let himself down. He let Neil Lennon down, and he let down his teammates because his teammates need to come back in a certain condition. They all came back in the right condition. And Lee didn't And it just sort of spiralled away from there But he's got a second chance He's got a second chance to get back I believe he was at Lennox Town today training He's done a lot on his own During the course of the summer Maybe we'll see him turn the corner In this season But you know as we said at the top of the show It really is now over to him He's got the contract He's got the the security of another 12 months At a huge club And it's now up to him Not to let down himself or his new manager, or his teammates. I'm very pleased that he's been retained, but uh, you were talking about overweight. We've been going a lot for uh, what's happening off the field, but to me, it's the people who do it on the field. You know, Griffith, as far as I was concerned, when Griffiths came on last season, he didn't let Celtic down. I think that there's a difference we talked about it earlier on Roger there's a real difference between a player coming on and being able to make an impact over 10 minutes 15 minutes than a player who can consistently start week in week out and has the fitness levels of someone like Callum McGregor who plays you know 50-60 yeah, games and, a season and, and listen people thought oh Lee, Lee Griffiths scored an equaliser at Petodio when he came off the bench blah 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 but Brad time Celtic were 18 points or 20 points of the Rangers didn't really matter whether he scored an equaliser at Petodre or didn't score an equaliser at Petodre. When Celtic needed Lee Griffiths, those early weeks of the season, you know, at the time of Ferencvaros and at the time they were losing at home to Rangers and at the time they were losing at home to Ross County, Lee Griffiths, in the eyes of the Celtic management, wasn't in a position to help them when they needed them most. The rest of the players in a position to help them. I mean, these were fit, super fit, fit players. Uh, and Griffiths was supposed to be overweight or whatever and off the field problems as far as I'm concerned you, you, do, you do it on the field and this is going to way back I mean George Best I mean, George Best Huey Gallagher and all these players used to have off the field problems as I mentioned there with Bobby Murdoch but they did it on the field I think there's too much said about uh, coming back with training overweight and what about Edward for instance now I mean how many games good games does Edward play and he's supposed to be super fit I mean he was the top goal scorer in the Scottish Premiership last season so uh, despite the fact that Celtic didn't have a great season he was still playing he was still scoring goals yeah I don't I'm glad they've kept him on, you know, I'm glad the new manager have kept him on because I, I think he's been a terrific player, Lee Griffiths, you know, I really do, you know. It seems to me, I like that somebody gives 100%. As much as it's about, you know, fitness, Roger, there's an element of professionalism and things like that, principle that, that people at Celtic will have looked at. If they weren't happy with Lee Griffiths not coming back in the correct shape, yes, they won't be happy that he's not fit, and that doesn't yeah. mean that he's at peak performance, but also there's an element of trust there. They'll have felt let yeah. down by and, him as well. And, and the last thing the players get before they disperse at the end of the season is their summer training plan. And when they come back, what weight they need to be when they come back, the physical condition they need to be in when they come back. There's no, you know, it's not like the good old days where you could roll up two stones 
heavier than you were when you finished the previous season and you'd run along the beach or up and down sands or you know run round the park a few times and get it off that that's not how it works anymore and as you say if everyone else in, in the squad comes back at the designated weight on the designated hour and ready to go and one guy comes back to quote the manager a stone overweight then to quote the manager again he's let everyone down I don't know does that make him a better player I mean, well, I mean, well, 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 just what I've been saying. Not, not in the eyes of the management, it doesn't, John. No, no it doesn't. I'm not interested in the management. It's the supporters that pay the season tickets. I'm interested in the club uh, scoring goal. And far as I, and the fact that I'll be quite honest with you, I think Lee Griffiths should have been the Scotland squad. I mean, Lee Griffiths said himself that that he felt he didn't deserve to be in the Scotland squad, Roger, after last season. Yeah, and it was a difficult one. Steve Clark was asked about it the day he named the squad, and he said. Quite simply, for him, Lee just hadn't played enough last season. He just, you know, wasn't in a position where he was going to be ready to go and play for Scotland. And he felt that when he was only picking three out and out strikers in the squad, it had to be the guys who were fit, who were ready to go, who had had good seasons behind them. So he went with Adams, Dykes, and Nisbet, and and Griffiths was left at home. But th- there are a lot of people. They said at the time the squad was announced, and have said it since. A lot of people would agree with John, and felt he should have been in. I mean, what, what did they do? How many goals were, were scored? Just the, just the one? Yeah, uh, just the one. A a midfielder, yeah. Cal McGregor. And what about the... I'm not just getting back to the two free kicks. I mean, if I had been Pele or Ronaldo, it scored the two free kicks against England. Wouldn't he? You know what I mean? Oh, listen, if it had been Pele or Ronaldo, I don't think they could have got any more praise at the time than Lee Griffiths got. I mean, they, they almost gave him the freedom in the country when he scored those two goals that Saturday afternoon against England. But it, it's it's a long time ago. It's more than four years ago now that that happened. And there's, there's only so long you, you can live off your reputation. Lee Griffiths now has been given a big, big golden opportunity by Celtic to basically to rewind the clock to those days. But he needs to do it, John. I don't get down this all this fitness because we, if you look at the rest of the team who are super fit, are they any better football players than we Griffiths? I'm talking about the Celtic team the, the season last season. Have they done any better than an unfit Lee Griffiths? These super fit heroes that we've got, did they do any better? The thing is, Roger, surely if. Whoever was in charge at the time So Neil Lennon earlier on in the season John Kennedy later in the season They were going out there to win games If they thought Lee Griffiths was the man That was going to play for 90 minutes Score week in, week out They would have played him Yeah, yeah, without doubt Of course they would have played him if that was the case And they didn't And Steve Clark didn't play him either So it was a dreadful season for Lee Griffiths A dreadful season for Celtic But, you know, John will be hoping Both the club and the player can park that so new regime now starting today at Celtic. New chief executive started today officially. A new manager in the door from last week. There are now, you know, a new player in the door in Orogide, an old player back in the door in Griffiths. So it's a new beginning for Celtic. Um, the likes of Orogide and Liam Shaw will be trying to make the most of that new beginning. If there's any advice we can give to Lee Griffiths tonight, is he should try and make the most of it as well. Final well, point to you, John. I hope so. Cheers then. Bye. Thank you very much. That was John in <laughs> Old Kilpatrick. Uh, a couple of other bits of news today. Looking at Roger Kilmarnock appointing a new club captain. Chris Stokes. I always find it interesting when yeah. a new signing is appointed yeah, as too. the captain of a club. But there's been such 
a large turnover in playing personnel at Kilmarnock over the summer. Um, it probably isn't surprising, you know. I looked, I think they've brought in maybe eight or ten players already. It might even be more than that. Tommy Wright's brought in, you know, the likes of Blair Allison, Stephen McGinn's in, uh, Jason Naismith's in. Uh, they've got a new goalkeeper from Middlesbrough, Zach Hemming, and as you say, you know, a couple of defenders, including the new captain, who have come from clubs down south. Um, they open up just a week on Saturday, I think. Away mm-hmm. at East Cobride, an awkward wee game in the Premier Sports Cup. So it'll be interesting to see, with such a change of staff, how Kilmarnock kick on, both in, not so much in the League Cup, but they need to get straight back up, don't they? Because that's a, a good bit of Premiership experience they've got in there. You mentioned a couple of them. Liam Polworth, Scott Robinson's yeah. there. Jason Naismith, but, Brad but they Lyons. Need, they, they've lost a lot. You know, you, you look at what was the heart of that team for, for a long, long time. Finlay went in the springtime. Broadfoot's gone Power and Dicker have both gone Brophy went in January as well So Greg Kilty's away So they really do need that experienced spine Because as many, many teams have found out No divine right to get straight back out of the Championship Well thank you for all your calls tonight That's all the time we've got unfortunately Thank you to Roger Hanna in the studio as well I'll be back tomorrow night Make sure to join me I'll be with Mark Wilson Make sure to stick around tonight Because Callum Gallagher is up next